Welcome to the Salted Anchor Podcast. My name is Kami Smith, and I'm so happy you joined. Thank you for taking the time to connect hearts and to connect lives and to be a part of my world here in my home at the Salted Anchor. It's crazy to think that I started this podcast in middle of a pandemic. I started doing a lot of things during this pandemic because there wasn't a whole lot to do. So I started getting a little more creative in different things. And here I am. I love to talk. I love telling stories. I'm even in the middle of writing a children's book because I love storytelling. I love speaking to people. But the difference with this podcast is I can't engage with your face. I can't see the smile or I can't see the tears. I can't see the fear or where I've pricked the part of your heart that needed to be pricked. And I can't hold your hand and walk you through it. So it's a little different. It's a little uncomfortable. Not going to lie. When you're vulnerable, but you can't see other people's vulnerabilities or you can't see my facial expressions. You can't see my hands moving like a crazy lady. You can't see me pacing on the floor left and right and back and forth and thinking, okay, what am I supposed to say this week? You don't get to see what I go through on a day-to-day basis with raising four children and my husband traveling for work. You don't get to see the tears that I cry when I'm in pain because I can't get out of bed. Or I can't put my pant leg in because I'd have to bend and my leg doesn't want to bend. My back isn't letting me move the way it's supposed to move. You don't get to see the tears when I have to go ask one of my four children to help me put just a pair of pants on. You don't get to see my face when I'm humiliated when I've got to say, can somebody help me with my socks and shoes next? And the tears that just pour down my face because the pain is excruciating, but the humiliate, it's humiliating and it's humbling is even more painful. And I know, I know, I know we're family. That's what family does. We help each other out. But I'm thinking I'm not 90 years old. They didn't sign up for this. I'm still young. I'm still in the prime of my life. I used to run five miles a day when I had time. Otherwise, it was a good three-mile run. I would run a 5K almost every single day. But a fall came. And three years ago... Life as I knew it changed. It became very uncomfortable. I had two slip discs in my back and I've had a microdiscectomy, as I think they call it, spine surgery. Something they tell you you never want to have and they're right because you really don't. That was two years ago and here we're coming up on the second anniversary of that actual surgery. And arthritis has decided to set in and take its course. And the pain these days is sometimes 
so excruciating that I can't even move. And it's humbling. It's humbling to ask for help when you're the one that's supposed to be the caretaker of the family. It's humbling when your husband is holding you up so you can try to dress yourself or holding you up so you can walk down the stairs and you keep saying, but when you leave, I got to do it on my own. So I got to bear through the pain one more time. So you don't get to see that side of me because that's a part of me that I really try to protect because honestly, who really wants to be vulnerable or around somebody that's constantly hurting, constantly in pain, because I, for one, don't want to hear it. And I don't want to hear about other pain. So I don't want people to hear about my pain. So I don't ever talk about the pain. Because I'm a firm believer when you start talking about it, you start thinking about it, you start thinking about it, you start feeling it. And then pretty soon you're just always in pain. My kids don't even ask anymore how I'm doing because they know I'm going to say, I'm doing great. I'm fine. I'm great. I'm having a good day today. Even though I'm holding back tears because I just moved my leg up the wrong way when I was taking a step. I didn't even do anything but the pain that is excruciating going up my entire leg into my spine and causing me to stop and take my breath away. So I find laughter to be my, my source. My youngest, who's nine, I needed help putting my pants on for bedtime and I was getting so aggravated, like the tears were welling up in my eyes and I couldn't do what I'm supposed to do, which is just put my pants on and my little guy comes over without even a hesitation, without making me feel bad. He grabs my pants for me, leans down and says, just hold on to me and I got you, mama. And he says, he looks up at me as he's bending over, holding onto my pant legs. And I'm barely lifting my leg up just so he could put it over my foot. Just so he could put the other one over my foot. And I could put my leg down quick enough so it didn't hurt that right leg so bad. He looks at me with his golden, big old brown eyes. And he smiles so big. And he said, Mama, it's just like when I was four years old and I needed your help. And in that moment, I thought, oh my gosh, we never know when our time comes, when we're going to need the help of somebody else and how we treated them is going to come out as how they will treat us. 
because I'm sure there were times that he peed his pants and I had to help change pee-pee pants or the times that he'd play in the mud and the hose and get drenched and I would have to take off his clothes and help him in and out of dry clothes help him with his pajamas when his legs were still a little damp from the water the, the lotion that clung to him to make sure his pants got all the way up for bedtime And in that moment, I, I flashed back to all those times I would help him and I would be giggling and telling him silly stories as I would pull on his pants for him. And it must have given him the same memory because when he said the age that he was, he remembered how I treated him. He remembered. Now the tears start just pouring out of my face of gratitude because those were times when life was a little more hard. Because when he was four, I had a nine-year-old, a seven-year-old, and a six-year-old. going all different directions, raising young ladies and raising young men and pouring into them and then me being emptied out and then crying out to God for just a little more strength just to get through that day. But I was running. We'd use those days and he was my sidekick. He'd get in that stroller with me, we'd get the dog going, and we'd go for a run. Cold and snowy, hot and sunny, we'd run. And that was a time to clear my mind. And then, I have an injury that takes that way for me to get my peace of mind. So now I have to learn how to clear my mind differently without running and sometimes without even walking. And it's very humbling. Not gonna lie, it's hard hard to change roles so early in life when you make those vows for better for worse in sickness and in health until you're tested in those vows until you're truly tested in those vows to have my husband come home and his wife can't even walk put on her clothes I had to ask him to dry my legs off from my shower. So I said, well, I better shower while you're here because I was so weak all weekend. I, I just needed to make sure that he could help me if I needed it. When I got out of the shower, I just stood there and I said, I need help drying my legs off. 
And again, this humility came over me. Because there's been a lot of pride. And sometimes I've masked that pride and called it dignity and held my head up high. But deep down inside, it was a little more pride than dignity. And I let that pride rise up. And now I'm being humbled. Being humbled is who we. Being humbled. I have a prayer corner in my room. The kids stacked up a bunch of blankets and made it look like a throne, if you will. They put the soft, snuggly, fuzziest purple blanket over all of these blankets. It looks like there could be a beanbag under there, but it's just blankets. Old quilts and old comforters that get recycled to play forts with is now sitting under that. And I can't even sit in that space that they made me for my quiet time with Jesus. And you know, God is omnipresent. Yes, having those war rooms is so important. Yes, having that place to clear your mind is so important to our flesh. But God wants us no matter where we are. He wants us on the car ride to school. He wants us in the grocery line at the store. He wants all of us. He wants us on the job site. He wants us in the business meeting. He wants us at the bank. His presence can't just stay in one area. When we hold him in our hearts. So today, in spite of the pain, I went for a drive. And I just soaked up all of the beauty. 70 degrees beginning of November the leaves are suddenly starting to change the amber on the crops some trees have already shed all their their leaves and now staying there tall and naked ready for the winter skies to come I even saw a fox frolicking across the way and I stopped my truck and just watched. And the fox turned back around and looked at me and watched me. Then he went on his way. Turned back around and looked at me a second time and went on his way. I saw vultures circling around the crops one even standing on a telephone pole just waiting 
their massive wingspan surrounding the crops, looking, looking, looking. And as I drove around, just enjoying the sight, God started speaking to me on time and destination. So many times we set our GPS to get us to where we need to go and we get there at the exact time that it tells us we are going to arrive. So we're fo- we're more focused on our destination than the journey to get there. Honking at people, flipping them off, cussing them out, telling them to move out of our way. Road rage behind the wheel. Somebody gets in the slow lane on the highway going 50 and you're trying to go 80 and you're laying on your horn. Not because they're going to cause an accident, but because you're more angry that they didn't take the time to move to the right. Not thinking that maybe their car is breaking down and there's no way for them to get over and they thought the safest place was right there in hopes that somebody would notice that they were in trouble. No, because we're more focused on the time and our own destination than the people around us. And as I drove along these back roads, looking at the nature and the trees, and I get to part of the coastal shores, and I'm just looking at God's might and beauty. I didn't get there with my GPS. I just enjoyed a drive. I sang some songs and I was trying to forget about the pain and I was just focused on my time with Jesus. After I got to this little town and I see the coast, I'm taking some pictures. I decided to start heading back home but there's no service to turn the GPS on. When I noticed the phone is showing that I had a signal, I went ahead and turned it on just to make sure that I was going the right direction. Plenty enough, I'd already prayed that God would take me where he wanted me to go, and that's where he takes me. But then I, I thought I needed assistance. I knew better because I've let him lead me to and from places and not use my GPS once and I've navigated perfectly fine without it. Because without the GPS, I'm actually looking at the road signs. I'm looking at the highway signs. I'm looking around and I'm paying attention to my surroundings. I'm seeing that church with that steeple and I'm seeing this church with this steeple and I'm seeing this house with this sign on its front lawn. But when I had the GPS going, 
I stopped listening to the navigating voice of God and I let it take me where it wanted me to go. And God is such a gentleman. He let me do what I wanted to do. Even though I prayed, Lord, you lead me to where you want me to go. Not that I second-guessed him to get me home. I just turned the GPS on. So now I'm listening to the sound of which way to turn, which way highway it is, and I'm more focused on her voice than the still small voice that had led me to where he wanted me to be to begin with. Passed by a beautiful house with a big old horse farm. There's a horse in their front yard and I'm just mesmerized by the beauty of this wonderful creature. The horse was completely brown and when it turned and looked at me, its face was all white. I was like, wow, God, your creations are just magnificent. The horse kind of started to come near me and then decided didn't want to bother me and went about its way. And I went about mine. And I thought, I know where I'm at. But I kept the GPS on. It tells me which way to turn. And I giggled because I was like, yep, that's the road I need to be on. And I left it on as I continue to look at the beauty. And God starts telling me, look at how your focus has shifted when you have that on versus when you had me turned on. You see, the peace that I had when God was speaking to me, and all of a sudden there was like a time crunch with the GPS. She even told me, on so many feet, your destination is on the left. Normally when I know where I'm at, I turn the GPS off and I just keep going about my way because I like figuring out my new surroundings. This time I just let it take me all the way home. I've got the music playing and I'm singing and I'm enjoying my ride. And I pull into my driveway and the GPS says, welcome home. And I just sat there and I thought, wow, welcome home. Life is going to have its trials. We're even told in James to count those trials as joy. Because it's through that trial we start to produce patience. God wants us to be a fruitful people. Even when we're in pain, He is yet still God. Even when we don't know where we're going, he is yet still God. Even with the uncertainties of the world, he is yet still God. Even when we don't know what the future holds, he is yet still God. He still sits on his throne. He is still the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He is yet still God. 
When he heals you, he's still God. When he has you walk through the healing process, he's still God. When he heals people on the other side of earth, he's yet still God. When we get a report from the doctor that's not so good, he is yet still God. When we don't get that promotion that we were guaranteed, he is yet still God. When that relationship didn't work out, he is yet still God. When that friendship dissolved, he is yet still God. When that marriage crumbled, he is yet still God. When family relationships have been broken, he is a mender and he is yet still God. Mend the bond that has been broken. He is yet still God. He is yet still God. He is yet still God when our bank account is empty. He is yet still God when the bank account is full. He is not moved by our money. He is moved by our heart and by our actions with it. He's moved by the cry of our heart. He's moved by us taking the time out to spend with him. yet still God. No matter what you are going through, no matter what pain you feel he is yet still God can he heal you yes can he deliver you absolutely yes because he is yet still God he can do the miraculous he can do the impossible sometimes he will give us what we ask for And sometimes he'll tell us no and make us wait for what he has in store for us. But it's about getting into that quiet time. Wherever you can get it in, whether it's on a car ride, but being intentional about it. While you're on your job site, while you're at work, just start thanking him. Lord, I thank you for this job that I have today. Lord, I thank you that I can stay home with my children today. Lord, I thank you for my marriage today. Lord, I thank you for my husband, my wife today. Lord, I thank you for my future husband, my future wife today. Lord, I thank you for my children's future spouses today. Lord, I thank you that you're setting my children's feet on the right path. Lord, I thank you you're setting my husband, my wife's feet on the right path. Lord, I thank you that you are setting me on my right path. 
sometimes we've walked in the blessings and the abundance of other people's prayers and we never prayed a single prayer in our life for us and our family and now that those loved ones that prayed us to where we're at are gone now you're wondering why is there so much hell going on it's because there's no one praying for you because there's no one praying and interceding for you and it is time that you take your stand and start praying for yourself for your spouse for your family it is time that you take up your cross take up your stand and you become the one that you have been called to be because it depends on you it depends on you We depended on the prayers of our grandmothers for so long. We've depended on the prayers from the intercessors at the church for so long. We've depended on prayers from a mother's heart for so long. We stopped praying and Satan has had a field day. Because anytime anything happens, we crumble because we don't have a foundation to stand on. We are literally sinking sand because there once was a foundation because somebody prayed it there but when they left this earth there wasn't anybody there that came alongside it took that mantle we didn't take that mantle we thought oh i'm not an intercessor i shouldn't have to do this i i shouldn't have to pray for that that's already been prayed for but you got to keep praying for it You got to keep praying on it. You still got to pray. You still got to be thankful. It's amazing to me that every single day around sunset, a spider comes out and starts building its web for the night. If they don't build their web that night, they don't eat. And they don't just put one little strand and call it good. I said in grace today I'm good. No, they build a web. Meticulous. Circled together. There's lines on that web so he can walk across that web to get to where he needs to eat the bug that landed in its web. A spider's web is strategic in its making. Our prayers have got to be strategic in the making. We can't just rely on I said thanksgiving, I said grace, I said the Lord's prayer, I'm good. We've got to be a little bit more strategic and a little bit more diligent on how we pray because if you look at a spider's web it's got that little tiny bullseye in the center and it gets goes out from there all these rings all these rings all these rings coming out from the center point 
So what is your center point? What's coming out of you? What is your center point? Man, this this word blessed me. I love when God speaks directly to me like this. Using a spider web to remind us of how big our prayers can be. When we get in the center of it, that center point is our time with Jesus. And then we can go out from there. Pray for the nucleus of the family. Pray for our extended family. Pray for our neighborhood, our community, our city, our county, our city, the neighboring city. Then pretty soon the state. Then pretty soon the United States. Then going back to the nucleus, we pray over the leaders. The ones that are around the leaders. The leader's family. We pray over Washington, D.C. And we start a little tiny nucleus, just like a spider web. We put something small and then we grow it from there. Because when we don't know how to pray, we just have to talk. We just have to talk. God knows we don't know how to pray. That's why he gave us prayers in the Bible. God knows the enemy doesn't want us to pray. That's why he wrote the word. God knows what Satan's going to do. That's why the Bible's there. God knows what your ancestors did four, five, six generations back to keep attacking you even today. But he called you to be the chain breaker, the generational curse breaker. He called you. He called you. It has equipped you. Because he's going to start showing you how to pray strategically, specifically. And your prayers are going to grow and they're going to grow and they're going to grow. And it's going to be some earthquaking, some mountain shaking, some faith healing prayer that you need your family needs, that your community needs, that your city needs, that your state needs, that the world needs. Because God has a purpose and a plan for you. thank you I thank you for hearing my heart today I thank you for allowing me to be just transparent 
It's something that God is really working with me on and I hate doing it. But I did it because he's God. He's God. I keep saying, Lord, use me. And that doesn't just mean a my fingertip. That means use me. Use all of me. So I hope this blessed you today. I ask that you take time to search your heart. See where it is that God would have you do this day. Pray those prayers. Set that foundation for you. Because as you do, you're setting a foundation for prayer through your lineage. I hope this blesses you and encourages you. Thank you so much for joining. I can't wait to share on next week what we have. Have a wonderful and have a blessed day.